serve in the surrounding area uh, as, as uh, someone who goes and gives sermons and, 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 and that. So um, he'll be with us momentarily. Uh, however, first we have a, just a couple of announcements. Reminder, this Friday evening we'll have Sabbath dinner for our students at the Women's Residence. Please plan to arrive a few minutes before 6 p.m. This week's hosts are Thomas White and Tolly McNair, and our guests are Mr. and Mrs. Crespo and Mr. Hernandez. So uh, that's, that's Friday evening. Uh, as far as our, our weekend trip to Charleston, please plan to be outside the men's residence with your luggage and, and or gear at 9.30 a.m. Saturday morning. We'll load the cars and leave by 9.45. Remember to pack your own lunch to eat in the cars on the way to Walterboro. We'll be, we'll be in Walterboro, South Carolina for, for services. Uh, Sunday morning could be a little bit cool on the ride on the boat ride out to Fort Sumter, so uh, please be, be sure to bring a sweatshirt or a fleece that you can move as the day warms up. Uh, music program. Lessons will begin next week. We've asked everybody to, uh, to go ahead and sign up for a slot over the next two weeks. For those who have had previous experience taking lessons, please, please bring any method books or prepared pieces you may have to, for, to, to your first lesson. If you've never taken music before and are terrified of what this means, um, then don't worry. You don't need to bring anything with you. Regarding being terrified, just look at this as a, as a going outside your comfort zone. Uh, that's actually not an announcement. But, uh, <laughs> speak with Rebecca Ross if you have any questions about what to bring or if you need to change your, your lesson time. I might mention, um, yeah, Katie. Uh, for the trip, what size bag can we bring? Like, <laughs> like, like, is it carry-on size? No larger than you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, remember, there's gonna, the vans are going to be packed. I mean, so in other okay. words, we have five in each of the vans and four in one of the vehicle, the, the sedan, right? Um, yeah, it'd be actually seven in each van. Five, two, yeah, yeah, seven altogether. So it, the vans are going to be packed, so I would say it needs to be, you know, double back size. It's just your Sabbath clothes and then something for the next day, so yeah, keep it minimal, really keep it minimal, okay? No ice chests, no coolers, you know, no massive uh, uh, containers of large amounts of, of cold cuts or whatever else, um, so let's keep it, keep, it, keep it small so we can be able to all squeeze in. Uh, but I might mention, um, in terms of the music and all, um, we're looking at, at trying to develop the uh, music department uh, a little bit. We're looking even for space to, to be able to, to put things. So we're looking at um, the possibility of some options uh, of a place we can put a piano, so you can practice on a piano during the course of the day uh, in a place that's different from Marcus Mucklow's office. So we're actually, Mr. Weston is, is intent on, actu on creating some space for practice rooms, both for, for, for vocal and, and groups, as well as uh, practice piano. So, um, so this, is, this is in the offing. And uh, very encouraged about what we might, what we can work on uh, musically over the course of the next, the next year. But anyway, jump in with the music program. Um, uh, just a reminder that the Crowder's Mountain picnic and hike, previously scheduled for November 4th, is will will not be. It's canceled um, to give a little bit of breathing room in between our, our activities. Okay, that's all the announcements I have. So at this point, uh, please help me welcome Mr. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> the part of the book they're looking for for room is down in MPD. And I, I'm trying to shoo them away, but but I don't own any of it, so uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, first, I wanted to start today. Um,
this is a kind of a different opportunity for me, but uh, today I wanted to start with history. Um, one of the things, by the way, is is that in the past, in worldwide days, we lost a lot of our young people because they thought the end was going to be coming, you know, just any time, and so we lost a lot of young people. And so there's an investment in our young people now because you're precious. You're 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 really precious to to everyone, and that's why they put all the effort into the programs so that you guys can see what goes on. When you're finished here, you go on with your life uh, wherever it is that you end up, but you have a good understanding of what happens at headquarters and how everybody works together as a team. In mail processing department, there's a uh, right now there's five of us. Uh, Laura Denny, we'll go down and meet them. Uh, Laura Denny's husband has Parkinson's disease, so she'll be leaving to take care of her husband. We're training Blaze Hazen to take her place, and so we're cross-training so that uh, we don't lose anything uh, if somebody's sick or out. So we do a lot of cross-training that way. History-wise, uh, Worldwide Church of God at one point had about $208 million a year income. Uh, we've never been blessed with that kind of <coughs> affliction. So <laughs> uh, when Global started, uh, it was a, just, it just kind of came together, and there was probably ended up being around eight, eight, nine thousand people that came together as Global. And then there was a disruption, and when that disruption happened, all the people that were in the mail processing department left and stayed with Global. Only one person uh, stayed over that, with living, and that was uh, Mrs. Nestor, who is uh, Mrs. Murray now. And now Mrs. Murray's gone, and uh, so there was no original people other than Mrs. Murray, and she didn't know everything about what went on. They hired a young man, um, and he was in uh, church administration, to take over uh, mail processing. At first, they handed it off to Mr. Pyle. Mr. Pyle was—he didn't—he put some things together, but it didn't work real well. And so. Uh, so he, they handed it off to a young man named Eric Eagle, and he's with another outfit right now. And at that time, it was around 2000, year 2000, uh, I was up in the Fresno area, and uh, pastoring up in that area. And uh, I've been there forever. And one of the things that you'll find is that uh, the reason that they would move a minister is the minister has got only so many things that he can teach you and, and so many different ways to do it, and then he starts to sound like a drum. Boom, boom, boom. And so they move a minister, or they'll, or they'll move him around so that there's interest in, in a different approach when you get taught things. So anyway, I've been up there for a long time, and, and uh, the opening came uh, for mail processing. And I sent a couple guys down to look at it, and they, did, they said, no, we can't do that. And I'm going, how hard could that be? So anyway, uh, Mr. Davis had come up and visited, and so he's, I said, you know, I, I, I might be interested in that. He says, you would be okay? And I go, yes, I would. So he says, do a resume. So I came down and did 90-day tryout or whatever it was, and uh, I worked for Aaron Eagle. I'm an elder. Aaron Eagle was not. And he says, is that a problem? And the answer is no. What, what we find out, what God tells us, that we love one another and we work together as a team no matter what. We work together as a team. Well, after a little bit, Aaron Eagle left. And so I inherited the mail processing department. And they said, well, can you hold it down? And I said, well, we'll give it a whirl. I know what to do. I don't know why we do it that way. And so uh, we had different vendors that we used. And it was something that Mr. Pyle had put together. And then 
Aaron Eagle put some of it together. And it was around when we decided to move here to Charlotte that uh, I was comfortable with what we did. And, and it, I said, if, if I was going to reset it up again, I would change everything. And one of the things that you'll see as you go through life is that you intend to do this, and you end up over here. And so you have to be able to roll with what happens with you. You know, you're going to grow up, get married, and be happily ever after. Well, it, sometimes that doesn't happen that way. And things happen, and so you end up places you don't want to be. I, I scream like a stuck pig when they said he's coming to Charlotte, because I love San Diego. <laughs> so I lived on a boat in San Diego. So anyway, the history was is that when we came over here, we had to change everything. We got changed vendors. We changed how we did things. And by changing, by looking, by studying, by doing the things that we did, we were able to save uh, quite a bit of money. And so it's what I want to get across to you today is that there's a process, and, it, and it's time. In process of time, it comes to pass that as you go through the different stages of your life that you learn things, and those things will stick with you, and those are the things that will carry you through later on when things get hard. Um, so as a perspective, let's say, for instance, mail processing department, we're the last people that handles anything that goes out of this building. And as the last people, uh, we can't send it unless we get it. And so sometimes I'm an irritation to other departments when they're a little late giving us something. I go, I call it kicking the bush. And I've had to be rescued by my boss several times for kicking the bush. <laughs> you know, it, it has to happen. It needs to happen. So, so we do that. Um, I got some some figures and stuff I put together, and we'll look at those things uh, downstairs. I'll go ahead and pass this around. This is a, a four-year chart of what we've done in the mail processing department. And you look at that chart, and you'll see that our, our volume is down from what it used to be. Uh, our best year here, we did about 1,600,000 pieces out the door, not counting uh, Tomorrow's World magazines with four people. And we was able to do that because we have good machinery. In other words, we went to, went to bat to get good machinery so that, that it doesn't break down. When it does break down, it's all hands on deck. It's all hand insert. And that's the way it was in San Diego at the, at the time. So it's through being modern and through mechanization that we're able to have the volume that we do. And even though our volume is, is, is down now, it's down because we have a world that doesn't care about God anymore. It, 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 the world is, is uh, it, it's not, it's, it's more secular anyway. So, so far for this year, we've took in 653 separate jobs, which averages out to about three or four a day. Uh, we've put in 649,849 uh, pieces so far this year is what we've sent into the post office. Uh, I did a little sheet, I have it somewhere here. Um, the process that we use is bulk mail. It's a little slower than, than a, a first class, but it's a whole lot cheaper. Okay, so I, I just made up a little job here, a, a 235 piece job that we would send out, and our average cost of piece that leaves this building is 18 cents, or just a little under 18 cents. So a 235-piece job would cost us $42.30 to mail it. 
if we did it first class, it would cost us $209.15. So there's, we saved $166.85 on one 235 piece job. And so we had, there's so many a day that we do of those things. And so the people that work in mail processing department really earn their keep. They, they, they work hard. And when you're hard and productive, you're happy. Um, in the old days, in Worldwide Church of God days, if you messed up, they would put you in the mail processing department to punish you. It was that, that was, that's how they used that department in those days. You'd end up in the mail processing department because you, you, you did something wrong. But the, the point I'm making is that there's honor, there's profit in all labor. No matter what you do, it, 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 it contributes to the whole. I can't help it. I, I, I got a, as a elder, I preach sometimes. And so I'm just going to read a couple of passages here in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll start in verse 11. And this, this has, uh, to me, great meaning. It says, And he, that is Jesus Christ, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What for? What for? It says in the next verse, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the edification, for the building of the body. How long does that go on? Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so you see that God called all of these people together to help you and to help me to be perfected, to have that character of Jesus Christ. And that happens over a process of time. It's that, it's that it's every day that you go through things, you learn a little here, a little there, and you apply those things in your life. So... Um, these are leftover cards from, from the semi-annual. They slide around a lot. Uh, I have another uh, thing here. Uh, at, I didn't bring my hourglass up, but I have an hourglass. And uh, the thing that's important also to know is on, on the hourglass, you have sand up on the top and it goes through the hourglass. And what used to be on top ends up on the bottom until you flip it over. And that's what I'm saying is that every part has a function. And in this building, everyone has a function to help the other part of the body. And it says that all of us are fitly joined together. That we're fitly joined together. And so that the efforts that television does to, when they record a program, that has, to, that has to be edited. It has to be uh, duplicated. <coughs> it has to be sent out. Uh, Laura Denny does a, a wonderful job in, in keeping everything straight. She sends things all around the world. And that's her process that she does, and she's teaching at the Blaze. I have uh, Donald Matherly, um, Darren Brinson, uh, Dan Hart. Half of my crew came from Living University, by the way. Young people who came and were here and were picked up. They're, they, they, they're, they're a valuable addition to the body. Now, I brought some other papers here. Um, this is a nail processing. We, uh, these, this is costs for bad addresses. Okay, so, and, and I, the reason I brought this up is because there's prices on here. Uh, this one was bad addresses, $92.03. This one was $93.93, $147, $135, and $226 and change. 
$162. That, that those things were a big expense to, to the church. And it's in that process of time trying to figure things out, which you're going to have to figure out in your life as well. You know, how, how do we do this? How do we do that? That we figured out that the post office, uh, by us sending the files to the post office, they were correcting our addresses and changing them to bad addresses, and we didn't know that. It took us a couple years to, to find that out. And uh, once we found out that the national change of address was changing our good addresses, um, let's say people call in, hey, I want that free DVD, here's, here's my address. That's a, that's a fresh good address. So we have it, and we put it in our file, we send it up to the post office. The post office has an old file where the people used to live a couple years ago, and they go, they don't live there, they live over here. And so they change our good addresses into bad addresses, and then they send it back to us. We don't know that they changed it. So we print the thing and send the mail out. When we send it all out, then the address change service, which is a different department, says, they don't live here, this is undeliverable. And then they charge us 57 cents a piece for every piece that comes back. And I'm telling you that we would go through $25,000 in a year of bad addresses. And now, uh, I've got maybe $300 left in from the last thousand that I put in over, over a year ago because we've cut down on the bad addresses. And so, the, one of the things that you learn in this life as you go forward of, of, of perfection, it get, how do you make it a little better? How do you do that? How, how can you do that? Um, Mrs. Denny, when duplication used to be take place in another part of the, of the work, and uh, the people that used to do that are, are not with us any longer, but we, we tried to tell them that if you do it a certain way, you can save money. And they didn't want to do that. And so after kicking the bush and uh, uh, haggling and such and such, we finally was able to change what they were doing. And when they left, we took over the duplication, brought it into our department. The first year that we did that, we saved $23,000, you know, just in packaging, $23,000. Now, where we're at right now in mail processing, there's no fat. There's no fat left. We've had vendors come in and say, give us your mail and we'll save you money. And I've gone, you're going to save us any money. So let us try. Okay. And so they came in and we sent them 10,000 pieces and they ran to 10,000 pieces. And what we're doing now is we're just, we're not sorting them. They're going to do the sorting and save us money. So I'm, we're just printing pieces. Well, we print another 10,000 and, uh, and then they call, hey, uh, we're not making any money on this. We're, we're, we only made like 50 bucks or something on doing all this. I said, well, I told you. They said, well, don't do that anymore. I said, I got 10,000 pieces sitting on the floor that you guys need to do. <laughs> and so they did it, and then they didn't, didn't do it anymore. Uh, there's just so much you can do. And, and that's what we try to do in the mail processing department is to figure out how to save the widow's mite. How, do, how can we do something better? Because that's it's important for people to know that we value the resources that God sends our way. We, we try not to lose those resources. We try not to make mistakes. Make very few mistakes. Um, usually if I go to Mr. Wakefield's office uh, and I have a cup of coffee, I would go in there and say, Mr. Wakefield. And he'd say, oh, come on in. I said, you know what I heard? 
And he says, what? I says, confession is good for the soul. <laughs> I thought, I made a mistake, uh, which I've only had to do that a couple times. But mistakes are a way to learn as well as having success. That there's two ways to learn, and it's a process. That when sometimes you go backwards, uh, it, you learn not, it's called repentance, it's called change. And that's what we do in, in, our, in our life. Okay, so the other thing is, is that in one end of the building, whatever they do there affects our end. And what we do affects other places as well, the brethren. So it says that the, the hand can't say to the foot that I have no need of you. That every, everything, everybody counts. Everybody has something that they can contribute. Um, I remember years ago uh, at the Feast of Tabernacles, a guy talking about the intricacies of the hand and how, uh, how uh, complicated the eye was. But I've never, ever heard a sermon or a sermonette about the elbow. You know, the elbow. Well, elbow's important because you ain't going to eat if you don't have an elbow. <laughs> you need an elbow. Every part counts. Every part of the body has a, has a, has a, uh, a function. And one of the things is that some people, again, like God said, that some people are thinkers and some people are doers and some people are this or whatever it is. Where we're at, we're kind of called worker bees because we do a lot of work. But doing that work gives satisfaction. There's a, there's a satisfaction. They go home tired and good for them. They're productive. Right now it's slow. Our, our responses are, are down from the way they was years ago. Our responses are down. And, and <coughs> we would like to be busy like we used to be. Go home tired and happy. Um, but it is what it is. And so the things that IT does, the things that television does, is trying to find new ways to get people engaged and, and to get that readership and, and uh, everything up again. So that's one of the things that we um, have to struggle with looking forward. Uh, we do DVDs and CDs right now. Who knows how long that's going to be around? It, the technology changes all the time. And so it's a challenge that what you want to do, what you start to do, might change before you get there. And that's you got to be able to roll with that. So. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, in Ephesians it says that we're all to be fitly framed together. And when we go downstairs, we'll go downstairs and we'll talk with, you know, Donald does this and this, but if he needs to, he, he can do that. Um, Dan Hart does, uh, he, can, he can run several different machines or he'll take things into the post office. The... I'm the most useless piece down there. <laughs> Everybody can do stuff. I walk around with a cup of coffee and uh, try to kick the bush, make things happen. That's, that's basically it. Um, but the, all the things, the, these assemblies, the classes, the things that, that you go through is because you, you guys are you're precious, that you count, that it's, you're the next generation, that us old guys are wearing out and we need replacement parts. <laughs> That's you guys. So, so those are the things to keep in mind as you learn, as you strive, as you go forward, is that you have an opportunity. Um, every morning in the you know, processing department, uh, we have a prayer. And we pray for the work and, and for healing for the people, scattered brethren. We pray for wisdom for the leadership. Uh, 
we pray for, for God's will to be done. Mr. Frank is there almost every day. Um, when you first started your classes at 8.30 in the morning, I, I suggest it. Start it later and they can come into the prayer. They can have be part of the prayer. And, and so now you guys do have a little later start. You're welcome to the prayer in the morning if you want to come by. So, and because we pray for you, um, I remember a minister telling me that he prayed for me and he prayed about me. <laughs> so, you can be uh, part of the solution. Uh, you have so much ahead of you. You got so much, you know, so much to, to go through and to learn and to enjoy. And uh, so, that's about all I have to really say here. We can go down and look at the machinery and, and uh, what's going on down there. And those, those people down there, they work. They don't get much praise, although if you go over by the, the door or by the table where we, where we have our lunch, you'll see some cards up there where some people have said, thank you, mail processing department, thank you for your hard work and, and your dedication to do these things. And all of them are there because they want to be there. It's, a, it's like they didn't come for a job. They, they came to serve God, and, and uh, that's what makes it work. If God's in it, it's good. And that's that's how that how it mail processing works down there. So I have I used to tell people I had the best job in the world because my wife used to work in the mail processing department. And I said I actually get paid to tell her what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks and she says, and I get paid to do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it is what it is. Uh, we go through life. And we learn as we go through life. And you, you, this is a, uh, people keep telling you that this is a, this is a, a blessing and an opportunity, and it really is. In the morning prayer, I sit there, I hear Mr. Frank or whoever's uh, leading the prayer in the morning. They sit there, thank you for this opportunity, for this blessing. And it is a blessing to be around like-minded people. It's, it's a great blessing and, a, and an honor to be able to be at headquarters. So I'll, I'll stop there, and uh, we'll adjourn to mail processing department.